American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Andy of Loose Ends over Zoom video. Andy was born and raised in Katy, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. He talked about where he grew up and how he got into music. His parents were both musical. His mom was involved in a lot of chorus and choirs, and he said his dad kind of kicked around with some of the the greats in rock and roll, like Janis Joplin era and uh, guys in ZZ Top and, and different people like that. He got into drums at an early age, ended up playing with a handful of bands. He was in a band called Kid Liberty. He was in a band called Crooked Teeth. He talked about his experience with those bands moving to Long Beach and eventually forming Loose Ends. He talks about the concept behind their brand new EP called Tell God You're Framed, which is a concept album. And all about the brand new music video for Love and Heartache, which they shot in his mom's house. You can watch our interview with Andy on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Loose Ends. All right. Coffee, music, life, records. Cool. Let's do the damn thing. Sounds good, man. I like your shirt, by the way. Thank you. This is uh, my clothing brand. As a matter of fact, if we did this, we did this design. It's uh, the morning like girl, but she's right got. Here. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, a little bit, little bit of influence there. I put the blue mask and gloves on. She's in a Tyvek suit. She's all wrecked. Haggard. Oh, there you go. Uh, we did it for a domestic violence awareness because the. I guess the uptick in domestic violence issues during COVID was crazy. And I, I live in Long Beach, so I think it jumped like some 500%. And oh that was crazy, dude. It was such a such a troubling time when COVID first kicked off. And all these men and women who were in these domestic abusive relationships and had nowhere to go. Um, it was this uh, place called Sukasa in my neighborhood that facilitates safe houses and stuff for people to go to. So uh-huh. I wanted to make sure they had funding. Yeah, that's great. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I can imagine why that would be. I mean, people are all stuck together and. Well, and I think, I think not only are they stuck together, it was just a lot of stresses about what was going on and, and jobs. you know, what was, um, <laughs> now, I mean, people are losing jobs, uh, yeah. money issues were going up and now, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're in, in a house, all day with somebody who's already, you know, will come home at five o'clock in the evening, angry, and you got a short window. Now you have all day to put up with this person. Like I can't, <laughs> even, I can't even imagine, dude. So, <laughs> dude, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. On. You said you're in Long Beach. Are you born and raised there? No, I'm actually. Uh, I'm a Houston native. Shout out Water Parks. Uh, no, we. I. I grew up. I grew up in H Town. Um, um, I was born in a small town called Katy, west of Houston. So it's kind of oh. like the Orange County of Houston. Sure. And, that's, uh, that's funny. Um, we just moved to Nashville, um, originally from San Diego, my family and I. Uh, and we almost moved to Katy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they've built this dope, like, master plan community. I forgot what it's called, but they had, like, zip lining and skate parks and this whole, like, man-made, uh, like, lake that you could fish off. It was crazy looking. Yeah, it's uh, so I was that's really wild. You were considering Katie and then there's Nashville on that. Like Katie, I was I was born there when it had 
less than 10,000 people as a population for the town. And now it's like the population size of Pittsburgh or something crazy. Yeah. It's um, huge. And when I go to visit family, I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. It's like, not even this. I've been, I've been out of Katy for a long time, but um, I've been in California for the better part of a decade. And then before that I was in North Texas where I'm at now at the moment, we're actually recording. When I get done with this interview, I'm headed back to the studio to finish tracking vocals for the rest of the record. So Oh, wow. Rad. Yeah. So you, we, we jumped on this interview at a, at a good time. Cool. Yeah. And that's funny that you that, I mean, that's rather you're from Katie because we were looking in originally the woodlands because we heard nice that, area too. That's really cool. And then we were looking in, in Houston and Sugarland and different areas around there. And then we, we, we stumbled upon this like crazy, like master plan community. And we're like, Oh, this is, this is dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was in Katy, Katy, Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's uh me. It's what part of San Diego are you from? I I like totally skipped over that. Oh, I'm I'm originally from Ranch Benisquito. It's like actually okay. Poway area, like where Blink's yeah. from. <laughs> yeah, if if, uh, if you're in the pop punk and you don't know where Poway is, you just need to walk off up here with some ankle weights, dude. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Every everybody should know about Poway and the the skate rats that came out of that formed an entire movement. So. Yes, sir. I mean, we, I, I lived right next to the sombreros, the the, the blink dudes. And it's, <laughs> now it's all tagged up with like love notes to like Tom DeLonge and stuff. It's just it's crazy. Who lives just up the road in Encinitas these days? Yeah, he does. So, yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, so you from Katie? How did you get into music? Um, that's a bit of a longer story, but I'll give you as much of the clip notes as I can. Um. So my mom, um, my mom is a classically trained music teacher. She used to tour the world singing and choirs to college and that sort of thing. Wow. Um, but music has just very much been part of my family's DNA. My dad as well uh, grew up in Houston, um, was kind of a cool guy in, in high school, but he knew, uh, he knew a couple of the guys from ZZ Top. He was, he was in the, the running circles like Janis Joplin and that sort of stuff. So Rock and roll has just kind of been part of it. And then my mom's more practical and, and traditional approach to music was mm -hmm. very much part of my upbringing. The only, the only caveat to it was I was never trained in music whatsoever. So I literally can't read notes whatsoever, but I can pick up a guitar. I can sit at the piano, play drums, bass, you know, uh, I even got into turntables for a while. I was doing some, some like production stuff in my earlier years with the uh, uh, hip hop label in Houston, but oh, cool. um yeah, that's really how I got into music. Uh, I started playing in bands. Uh, I'd probably say somewhere around sixth or seventh grade. Um, and typical, well, you're from the Poway area. I mean, even like, you know, the 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 far right Christian movement out there, even like, you know, oh, you yeah. get involved in youth groups. And and uh, so I was playing in, in like a church band. And um, I got that thrill at a really young age of having an audience and like, having this energy behind the drum kit and loving that response. And so I, I knew from a really young age, like probably about the time I was 12 or 13 years old, I knew I was, I got to play rock and roll. That's it. That's awesome. Uh, so you're always, I mean, it sounds like you're playing in bands for a while. Um, when did like, I mean, you, you said you moved to North Texas for a while and, and you're in Long Beach. Sure. Like when did the, like, when did it start like coming, becoming more of like uh you know, profession in that sense. Sure. Like uh, I did, I, when I was about 20 or 20, 21, 22, I had a metal band called Dallas was the day we were based out of Houston, very like math metal, like super technical fun stuff. 
Um, and we caught a we caught a, a blip of a break with the the Ryan Dunn Dunn Vito Rock Tour from Jackass. So we got to hang with oh, all wow. those shorts, Bert. <laughs> Um, we were, we did a co-headlining date with uh, a band called Fight Paris who was signed to Trust Kill Records at the time mm-hmm. and a little bit of hardcore and punk rock history. Trust Kill Records was the label, uh, next to Victory and, and, uh, a couple others in the mid late nineties going into the early two thousands that facilitated a lot of the scene that, that, uh, I'm sure you and I could sit and wax about for hours, oh, totally. terror, Throwdown, bullet for my <laughs> Valentine, uh, Blood for Blood, I think was on there. Um, I mean, there were just a poison the well being one of the biggest ones. They were huge. Um, but I mean, we just we just got to know a lot of that stuff. Hope's Fall was one of my favorite bands. And uh, from there on, I, I mean, just having a taste of that and like, you know, the seeing the guys stumbling out of the vans, like getting, you know, I was like, dude, I got to continue doing this. So mm-hmm. a little later, I got into um, a band called Better Luck uh, out of Houston. They were, you know, they were doing um kind of some regional touring and and that sort of thing um but their original drummer left and i joined and then we started we put out a couple more eps very very driven pop run uh, uh pop punk um stuff so we're right in the realm of like newfound glory that kind of starting okay. line that kind of stuff sure um sure. we did a texas takeover tour through third string productions which was run by mike is still actually run by mike zemer um we toured with a band called Kid Liberty. Okay, and I know the name. My guitar player Chase and I uh, got an opportunity to join up with them as they were losing their drummer and their guitar player, and the rest was history after that. So Kid Liberty uh, for us was um, the, or for me, uh, and, and Ben Wesson, who's the front man of this band now, of Loose Ends, was kind of our launching pad. Um, we signed to Trust Kill uh wow so yeah we had you know we had moved up for that we, i think we had done some negotiations with century media at one point and uh victory as well um yeah uh so we signed a trust kill and then that got backed out of and and josh the label owner um changed the name to bullet tooth records and the rest is rest is really history we put out the album fight with your fists um we had man we had such a good time doing that record we actually recorded with jeff rockwell it was done forever the sickest kids um crown the empire a whole bunch of other whole bunch of other bands man like really good stuff so um that record carried us for quite a while and the unfortunate side of it was we were on the we were on the cusp of the really the shift in the music industry where it was transitioning from physical album sales and and uh transactions of that sort like having barcodes with your music um (laughs) to streaming and Uh uh it was just a really wonky time i think somewhere for like four or five years for a lot of bands. And, and we just, the, uh, we, we had a lot of miles on us within three years of doing that. It was just, you know, it was, it was a wild time. So I parted ways in 2011. Eventually everyone else just kind of went their way. They continued putting out a few more singles and some small stuff here and there. Um, and um, I moved to California uh, shortly after. Okay. And did you start a band there? Like what was the first move once you got to California? Uh, well, I got, um, I got to Long Beach. Long Beach was somewhere I kind of planted my flag early on. Um, I knew just from, yeah, well, when we were touring, we, we toured a lot with, uh, some really good friends of ours in a a hardcore band called the Greenery. Okay. And they were based, they were based in Long Beach. I I remember Um, that name too. Yeah. Pretty thrashy, like skate thrash stuff. It's really, really bitching. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
I got pretty familiar with Long Beach and that territory. And I was like, dude, this, I love the, it's like a blue collar town, just a lot of rich history with it. And, uh, um, a lot of skate culture, graffiti, mm-hmm. just like, sure. like, yeah, just built off the backs of these unions and, and oil workers and stuff like that. So I just thought it was a really cool, uh, cool culture aesthetic. The atmosphere in it wasn't as like snooty or nose up as LA seemed to be. Um, it was kind of weird. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, uh, went there first move musically was started. I started writing some of these songs that you're hearing today. Uh, sorry, I'm getting text messages like Matt. Um, I started, I started writing some of the songs that are on this record now. Okay. That was about 2013. And then by 2015, I had moved into, uh, my friend who's the bass player in loose ends. We had a house in Costa Mesa okay. and he was, he had just, he had gotten his, his, uh, his feet wet in recording and was moving into that uh, audio engineering and being a producer. And uh, we just started writing some of these songs and uh, somewhere in the middle of that, uh, a band called Crooked Teeth. Um, I forget what Tyson had called it at the time from first to last, I think, or eh, maybe not that, that didn't even sound now. It wasn't even that. I don't know. I forget what he called the what the name of the band was. He was changing the first to last is, is a band or was a band. I don't know. It was a band. I can't remember what, what he called it before that but he's my sorry we got the cat running around like crazy oh good my kid just ran out of the room so i was like <laughs> i saw you looking over i was like Dude. yeah uh, no my, my son was in here and then the my sounds like my wife got home so he ran out the door <laughs> oh, man. go on Isma. but um tyson had approached matt about recording uh his first ep called out here alone and we put um, kind of a, uh, a little hiatus on the Loose Ends project. And we had one song. We had our, our first demo called Wolves. We had recorded that and had that situated. And then I had all these other ideas for songs with Matt. And we just, we got busy with Crooked Teeth. And then a lot of really crazy things just started to happen in life that put all of this on the back burner. And um. I was, yeah, uh, just, I, I mean, uh, on some personal stuff, you know, like I had, um, I proposed to my wife uh, uh, at the time, uh, or I proposed to my girlfriend at the time. Um, and then shortly after that, my best friend who was like, my brother was, was murdered in a really horrible domestic violence situation. And uh, so we had to go, we, yeah, we had to, we had to go through like a capital murder trial in Texas and go through that whole thing. Um, and so that was a couple of years off the books. Cause you're, you know, it's like once the, once the event happens, you have to, you know, you deal with the grieving process, but then in that I was, uh, I was a witness to some things and I had to, I ended up having to testify and go through all that nonsense. And so oh it was just a lot gosh, of, man, I can't even imagine. Not only did you lose your friend, but then you're, you've got to deal with like, I'm those, those cases don't take like a week. I mean, the whole process right, it was, was probably a couple of years, I would imagine. Yeah, it was, it was about a year and a, a little over a year and a half uh, from when it happened. And it was just like a crooked situation in a small town in the panhandle of Texas. And, um, you know, long story short, a really entitled dude who, who uh, thought he was going to be able to get away with whatever he wanted to get away with. Didn't like the fact that, uh, my my brother in this life was seeing um his ex-wife and oh, showed nice. up one night 
unprovoked. My brother never met him, never said anything to him, nothing, literally nothing. And this dude just did what he did, man. Um, And it's such a small town. There wasn't a lot or there weren't a lot of resources available to get everything taken care of with any kind of like haste or, you know, nothing with any kind of quickness. So, um, you know, yeah trying to get memorials and keepsakes for a, a memorial service that you're planning. And you end up, you know, you just ended up seeing some things, you know, better, better me than the parents. And, right. and uh, I took that on the chin and had to, had to process that in a different form of grief. And uh, as you can imagine, changed some perspective on a lot of things in my life. And uh, I tell that story, not, in any way, shape or form to lay out like some hard emotional thing for people. I know it's hard for a lot of people to understand in general, but you know, not in any way, shape or form would it be like a sympathetic vote either, but sure. A lot of this really went into this record. Um, you know, a a lot of, a lot of life from leaving kid Liberty to moving to California to trying to reestablish yourself in a totally different, um, part of society you know just a different different mental uh uh, mental capacity out there different outlook on life um and then finding out who your friends are that kind of stuff and then in the process losing one i got married um that having known uh my my wife for 12 years is no longer we're we're actually getting divorced at the moment in the middle of this record in the middle of this record getting produced and it's all good, man. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, just part of life, you know? So all that, all that to say is the fiber of the fabric and everything going into this record, sonically speaking. Now that's the instrumental approach. Uh, Ben Wesson, who is my guitar player in Kid Liberty, um, and one of my best friends in the whole world, Kyle Durst, who was in my band Better Luck before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Matt, who was living with me in Costa Mesa, all four of us just put together our strengths and uh, wrote this album and Ben um, Kyle produced it. And Ben has stepped up to write lyrics for this record that really, really settle into the structure of the songs in a way that has a a good depth of energy, a good range. He's versatile. uh, His vernacular is thorough. Um, He's got a nice bounce and a flow to it. And uh, I wish he were here to talk about it. He's actually driving down from North Texas to get, from Sherman to get to Fort Worth to uh, record, which is why he's not here at the moment. Oh, but, all good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're the drummer, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So I, I, I was 99.9% sure, but <laughs> all good. sometimes somebody throws me for a curveball. No, all good. All good. <laughs> uh, cool. So, wow. Wow. That's a lot. Um, it is. It is. But so loose ends now, like you, you mentioned that this was, this started in, in Costa Mesa and then, yeah yeah matt, so matt, how long have matt you guys Lang, been kind of a, a band like you and matt started it and then it when did it kind of form as loose ends literally last summer so uh about a year ago to date um i was i went back to houston you know middle of this whole COVID thing to okay. i was just there killing some time for about a week and then i decided you know what i'll stick around i helped my mom uh remodel a house so she could sell it and I ended up staying there for two months. So I was like, well, I had some time in the evening. So I was just going over to my buddy Kyle's at, at his house. And, um, you know, he started 
playing around with logic and drum programming and recording, you know, just tracking stuff. And we had already been sending ideas back and forth um, during COVID uh, just like through videos and stuff. Like oh, I had this guitar riff and I would play that um, the song you it's appropriately titled you son at the moment. Uh, it's like a working title. Um, mm -hmm. But the acoustic uh, intro to that song is, the actual sound bite from a video that I sent him. And then it goes into the, the production of the, the song itself. So we wanted to include some of these elements um, that really built the record or, or had it start uh, in the first place. So we've got a lot of that, but yeah, Kyle and I just sat and recorded five tracks. Um, and I don't think we really had any kind of expectation of this thing doing anything at all. And then, we got really meticulous about it and that's just Kyle's nature. And then I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist as well. And I thought, these are fucking good, dude. Like we gotta, we gotta like really move on this. Let's see if we can get some other people involved with it. And, uh, I shot, um, uh, a mix of love and heartache to Ben and he wrote back and was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta do this thing. I was like, well, I don't really want anybody else on it. So yeah, write some lyrics. Let me know. Shoot them my way. I don't even think we went through a draft. He just sent lyrics and then like sent videos of him singing. I was like, this is perfect. I don't even, <laughs> like, I'm going with this. There wasn't any like editing process with it. Um, so yeah. That's, wow. uh, so this has all been done relatively virtually. And then um, all the, the recording process was done last summer and then i went to orlando to record bass in october with matt at his studio in, in orlando okay. and then we're in fort worth here at Southside recorders doing vocal tracking with jeff rockwell again wow wow so this is uh the the, the ep is called tell your tell god you're framed right yeah and it's a concept record yeah so i wanted to just given everything i described earlier sure i as you can imagine whether you have faith or you don't have faith this isn't like a religious record whatsoever so I, you know i want to be very clear about that I, I'm, I respect anybody believe whatever they want to believe uh we're all just trying to live our life and do the best we can just stay out of my business and i'll stay out of yours that's <laughs> kind of my approach with things but i uh i really struggled all together and i considered myself uh a pretty staunch atheist <laughs> um for a long long time until a lot of things just were you know I, I don't know i don't know what changed i think it really kind of come about in the last seven or eight months i was just kind of took this new perspective of a spiritual approach and looking at life a little differently and but i still found myself struggling with this idea that this this omniscient being this all-knowing thing who knew the answer and the outcome the entire time, like no matter what my choice was or what you would call free will, you know what I'm going to do. How is that free will? And why the hell do I have to explain myself when I get to your so-called kingdom? And it, I don't know, man, that jacked with me like pretty hard, just sitting there stewing on that. It's like, what is this all supposed to mean? Like, what am I supposed to learn from this? How am I supposed to grow? And then I, you know, just kind of beating myself up. Like I'm not perfect. Anyway, all that to get to this, this idea that like, well, you know what, when I get there, when it's my time, when I, when I leave this vessel, my soul or my spirit, whatever you want to call it, my energy, whatever, dude, I was free. 
Like, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. You knew what was going to happen. I'm now here. I'm telling you, I did the best I could. If you, if you knew all my intentions in the first place, then I'll inherit whatever this supposed thing is. But if not, then this was all a setup anyway. So, <laughs> you know, get fucked. <laughs> kind of a, you know, so it's like, dude, so I, I stewed on that forever. And so what we wanted to do was from the first song that we have coming out on this, it, it's uh, kind of a sonic translation or an experience of what I felt like it might sound like leaving your physical being, leaving your body. So what the ascent would be if all that left with it were your eardrums and you could receive that. And then it swells up and gets louder and more chaotic. And there's this swirling of sound that over a stereo image, you hear it circulating through, like if you're in a car, it it's, it's whirling around faster and faster. So you really get that. And all of a sudden it just stops and the snare hits and it's the song wolves. And so the concept that I threw out to Ben was I want the music because if music is a universal language, right? That's quote God mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. The all, the all knowing, and that's its communication and that Ben's lyrics are the explanations or the justifications for his actions. So it's literally a conversation with, with God. This mm -hmm. is like, or, or, or your maker or your, sure. your, your reckoning, so to speak. So over five songs, that's what the idea of the album was supposed to be. I like it. That's cool. And you guys have put out one, one song so far, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Love and heartache. Yeah. Love and heartache is out. Uh, we, 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 the single released uh, on streaming platforms uh, May 21st. Um, and then we just put the music video out on June 11th. So that dropped. That's available on YouTube. Uh, we did um, New Noise Magazine featured it uh, mm -hmm. with us, which was a, a great, just a really great platform. They were, they were really awesome to make that happen. Um, we've got Mike Millet on PR, like, plugging away for us and really putting his feet to the ground and making some things happen, which has been awesome. And we're, we're all relatively older. So this is, you know, we're all in our mid thirties. We're, we're grown, we're grown dudes, like kind of living out some youth a little bit here. <laughs> Dude, that's, I, that's why I love this, the sound of your band and like what you guys are doing. Cause I'm in my mid thirties and those are the brand new and you know, all those pop punk bands taking back Sunday or all those bands, the bands that I grew up loving and seeing, when they were little baby bands coming through like the small punk rock clubs and now they're yes. doing like two nights at some theater that's sold out. You know <laughs> sold, I mean? out sold out. <laughs> so I, I think it's rad that what you guys are doing. Um, was the video like, was it difficult to shoot the video as far as like, you know, limitations <laughs> oh, go as far as like this whole COVID thing? So glad you asked that. Cause that's a story in and of itself. Uh, so I had reached out to a couple, um, a couple uh, people to possibly facilitate a video. Right. And mm -hmm. I, even, even when we were with kid Liberty, I mean, we had options to do music videos and we just never like were disciplined enough. All we cared about was drinking forties and like driving like to the next <laughs> <Sure>. show. Like, <laughs> of course. Uh, people were like trying to give us interviews and we're just like, yeah, go talk to our bass player. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so doing a music video just wasn't really in the cards. I don't think, but th this time around, I, I really wanted to take this serious. Uh, seriously because the concept of the record really means a lot to me and i wanted to reflect that mm -hmm. so i started i cast my nets to see who would who would get back 
limited responses just because the budget was so, so tiny, if any at all. And we had some friends in Sherman who were going to help us. Um, and then the detail in which I wanted the video to be shot, like I wanted, you know, lights and all kind of stuff. And then I started feeling bad. Like I may be asking too much for such a limited, you know, a limited budget or limited av availability. So I reached out to my buddy, Cody uh, Pilkington, who was out of LA and uh, on a whim, I was like, I, we were having trouble because imagine we, I've got guys all over the country. I've got Kyle who's in Katy, mm -hmm. right? I've got Ben who's in Sherman, which is north of Fort Worth, almost to Oklahoma. I got wow. me in Long Beach and then I've got Matt in Orlando. So we got trying to get four dudes in one area in a cost effective way is not <laughs> the easiest thing. Uh, and also during COVID, COVID, right? Heavily regulated, you know, travel guidelines and that sort of thing. So uh, I got Cody on a plane, told the guys, I'm going to Katie to shoot this. I don't care what it's going to be. If you guys can make it cool. If not, I'm working something out. I literally just rolled the dice and Cody flew out. We, we didn't even write a treatment. We just like verbalized it with each other. Like here's what we're thinking on the ride from the airport to uh, my mom's house in, in Cinco ranch. And uh, yeah, we were going to shoot in a garage and then, on Mother's Day, my mom, my mom, like, just allowed me and my friends to dismantle the entire living room and oh, set that's up your house. I was yeah, gonna say, dude. like, yeah. I thought you guys, and then the neighborhood is dope. Is that where you grew up? So uh, <laughs> that's a it's, beautiful it's neighborhood weird. that you're running so around. <laughs> that house, that house, I know, dude. That house, <laughs> that house was. Um, that house is one my mom just moved into. A uh, little little background on me, but my mom was a single parent two boys did her best with what she could on a teacher's salary. We grew up with next to nothing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't always the easiest, uh, easiest upbringing, but as you can see in the aesthetics, I mean, this is a really affluent area. Um, and, you know, when you grow up in that kind of area and you're looking around at your friends, having all the nice things, all the nice instruments, all the nice, you know, the, the good snacks in their pantry and, you know, the, the nuclear family unit, that kind of thing. It's, you know, it's a little, you get a chip on your shoulder at a young age and your middle fingers up. And, you know, I was, I was into tattoos and skateboarding and, and punk rock and surfing and all kinds of stuff that was, didn't really fit a lot of the mold with that kind of area. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's a couple of Easter eggs. So not to stay on like really dark grim shit. So when I was 20 years old, I had a, had a high school sweetheart that was killed in a drunk driving wreck. We had dated off and on through high school. Oh my One of the gosh, houses, man. One of the, so there's a particular reason. The only reason I bring that up is a very specific reason why I bring that up. One of the houses in the opening scenes in the video is a flash of her house that she grew up in. So it's kind of a little Easter egg of, oh. of this. Yeah, this in the beginning, subtle, it's, it's showing like you're like driving, right? In the yeah. beginning. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's just these subtle, these subtle nods to my youth and, and where I come from or things that had affected me. And, and not only, not only just to stay on, on the me side of it, but how that would translate um, visually with what Ben was saying. I, I mean, th this idea that where I grew up, um, you know, like you said, these master plan communities, these things are laid out to look picturesque and very mm -hmm. aesthetically pleasing. Uh, and the, the turmoil that's going on behind these closed doors and within the walls of these homes is actually really gnarly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, don't underestimate the suburbs. Like anyone that does <laughs> right, people, people exactly. hard, they're just soft. It's like, dude, there's some shit that goes down. So yeah, I'm from the um, burbs, man. I know all about it. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's, some, there's some wild pent up energy in some of these people from those areas and, and, uh, things happen. And, um, you know, I, at a young age, I just, I learned that, uh, it's not, it's not all roses, dude. And, um, I, I always said that if I ever did a video at any point, like if there, if I ever got to a point in my life where I was going to make a music video, I wanted to have that. Cause that, that was a very pivotal time in my life that changed a lot of trajectory for what I ended up doing. I realized that I was at 20 years old, which is a little bit later. And I'd already kind of been living life on the edge. It was like, most of my authority figures in my life said you weren't going to live past 25. It was that constant thing. Mm-hmm. And so you know, living life that, you know, you don't know when it's going to end, just live, live it to the fullest kind of thing was already there. But that really set that in concrete for me. And it was like, man, this really awesome person who by all accounts was a beautiful individual, a beautiful soul would, would help you with anything you needed at any given point was, was suddenly taken from her family, from us, from, from all of our friends. Her name was Jennifer Roberts. And, uh, we just, I don't know, man, it, it thrust me into this. Like, I gotta, I gotta go. I really gotta go do whatever it is I'm going to do. And if I, if I do it and I die broke doing it, I'd rather charge that up and know that I, I like lived it out for myself and on behalf of this person that believed in who I was and what I was doing. Um, then, uh, you know, I just, yeah, just living life on that. So the beginning of the music video has that her house flashed in there. It's a subtle nod to that. And that neighborhood, I told Cody when we were coming back from the airport, uh, I was like, dude, I have this one street in this neighborhood that is lined with these oak trees that just canopy over it. And mm-hmm. like, I had this idea for this running scene. And when you see, when you see the, you see the character running in the video down that street, it's just this, what is this place? Like, where does this exist? Cause people right. in Hollywood look for that all day. And mm-hmm. it's like, they got to go out to the East coast to get it. It's like, no, that's literally sitting in West Houston. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we were, it's funny. Cause that's what we were looking for when we moved, when we were looking to move there and yep. from San Diego, it's like, you, they don't, you don't see that. And we found it in South of Nashville, yeah. <laughs> the suburbs. So. <laughs> so, like, you, you, you ended up in a great place as well. I think Nashville's got a lot happening for it. Franklin uh, up North and, and, uh, I, and there's a lot of community. That's where we're at Frank, Franklin. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, is so it north south, or south? I thought so we're Franklin, south, south Nashville. Okay. I thought it was, I don't, in my head, I was thinking north for some reason. Um, yeah. Franklin, Franklin's home to a lot of people in music uh, that were in LA at one point or mm-hmm. in San Diego and are now there. Yeah. That's you're, right. You're in a, in a thriving <laughs> area for what you're doing. Well, thank you. Yeah. We, we love it here so far. And we were just, I was, it's, crazy because we came from california where like the regulations on all the COVID stuff was so he- like so heavy and here we were my younger son's in hip-hop dance and we we're like in downtown he had something and it's like three o'clock on a monday and all right. the bars are rocking with with band like <laughs> live full bands playing like you know yeah. hacked to back it, it was just like not like <laughs> it was like 2019. <laughs> it's like it they didn't crazy. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I mean, yeah, but obviously it's been much later. Yeah, I, we hadn't been down there in, yet since we had moved. So it was just bizarre to be like, wow, there's people like out doing things. Like, 
this is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's cool here. We like it a lot, but um, what's your, what's your favorite part of Nashville so far? Uh, just how green it is and like how you have so much space to like, and like the, the lifestyle here. I mean, I don't know. This is just me talking, but like everybody's a lot more like, like not as like in a hurry, I guess is the way I could describe it. Like oh, you're in the need, South now. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to make a left turn, somebody's going to wait. <laughs> it's not like, you know, like you, if you need to cross the street, a car will stop and be like, go ahead. <laughs> like, right. Which really weird. Like not everybody's yeah. in a hurry. No. So that's the one thing well, we, lo- we like. You're, you're from Southern California. It's, it's constant. Go, go, go. People are going to run you off the road if, if they have to, to get their, their cup of Starbucks or whatever the hell they're getting. Right. Exactly. So like being here, it's just like, that's one of the biggest things. I'm like, wow, this is totally different. There's actually people here that have, aren't always in a rush like what's going on <laughs> i dude um, just since you you know and understand that dynamic i have genuinely forgotten what it's like to be treated with hospitality in like a retail setting or like over a transaction i got a i got two slices of pizza at this place called black cat pizza the other day here at fort worth mm-hmm. this dude offered me water and then like brought my pizza to me. And it's not like a, it's like a dining experience. He like brought it out and was, you know, just carrying on a nice conversation with me. And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck are you after guy? And <laughs> right, then I'm like, right. You know what I mean? But like, but I've just been so under it and acclimated to LA County and like people trying to like, you know, climb the social scale or ladder of some kind. That's like, what can you do for me? Kind of thing. Right. It's like, that's the whole this mentality. Guy just Crazy. trying to give me pizza and water and just like being chill about it. It was like, yeah. I just, I'm just spaced. I don't know. I, I miss that sometimes. It takes me a moment to like settle back into, Oh, people are literally just saying hi. And they're just nice. holding it, holding yeah. a door for you. <laughs> no, dude, that's so funny that you brought up a pizza thing. Cause I, I did, the, I noticed that right away. I'm like, wait, and like, you'll call somebody on like, there people are like actually willing to help you on the other side of the line. You're like, wait a minute. You're not just going to try to like blow me off and put me on to hand me over to somebody right. else. <laughs> like you're, right. you're here to fix the problem. Like what is going on here? <laughs> and fix it well. If they yeah, right. all about Call it, you know? back. And like, you're yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> California, California lost that charm somewhere in its, in its heritage. And it's unfortunate. I feel like if you go up to the central coast, like, if you're in like Pismo, San Luis Obispo, Arroyo Grande, I, you know, I, I love those areas, uh, you know, where there's a lot more agriculture, it seems. Yeah. People are nicer. But, right, you know, right, right. <laughs> where, where the homeless where the homeless population far outweighs like even the residents in the neighborhood. It's like, well, people are not people are not happy. Right, <laughs> right. And I, it's, I think it's a cost of living thing, too. Like you have to, people. I mean, growing up in San Diego, it's like both your parents have to work and, you know, everyone's got to have like five jobs, especially if you want to do something like this. Like, it's it's not easy. It's a grind. Yeah, it's a grind. So, you know, you have to be rush, 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 rush. And it's exhausting. Yeah. Short fuse because maybe you you're not. Yeah. It's not as like, oh, I'm going to go home and like actually chill. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's uh. It, it was an interesting shift when I actually settled into Southern California and it's yeah. like being, being a, a, a native Texan. I always tell people I'm very, I'm blessed and fortunate to have lived in the two best States in the union. In my opinion, uh, they're both equally as proud of 
their history yeah, totally. in the dumbest way as possible. Like, <laughs> I don't even understand sometimes, but I love it. I love every bit of it. Like in, in Texas, it's always assumed we either ride horses uh, to work or we all have twang, right? We all have an accent. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and, and the assumption for Californians is that everyone talks like Spicoli and surfs yeah, Like y'all so surf. Like, yeah. So do but, you surf? No. <laughs> yeah. But some, somehow, somehow people in California are like, oh, Texans suck. It's like, no, you literally think the same way that people in Texas think about you. you. <laughs> like, right. You're the same dude. You just don't say the same shit. Yeah. That's funny. It's wild. Oh, it's man. wild. Well, well, back to your band real quick. Uh, when When's the EP sure. coming out? Uh, we're looking at late July. Uh, we, I was yeah. originally trying to do it July 1st, uh, which would have been uh, my best friend's birthday. And uh, But we, just given the time crunch and really wanting a quality product, uh, sure. I think he would be more stoked to say, well, it came out better. Like, my, you know, <laughs> it yeah. came out better because you waited. So right. we're going to do that. Um, yeah, I think late July, uh, maybe early August, just to make sure we have some cushion time to get some promotional stuff out there and do that sort of thing. Cool. And you're tracking right now the record, the same yeah, the we're, MVP? Okay. Yeah, we're, we're finishing vocals on one more song today. And then we finish up harmonies a little later tonight. And then it's off to mixing and then mastering in Florida and then off to the world and crossing fingers. Right on, man. Well, that's awesome. That's super exciting. And thank you so much for chatting with me today. I mean, Dude, thanks so much for recording. Yeah. Again, man, you've just been a, it's been a great, uh, great conversation. I appreciate the dialogue and uh, the fellowship overall. So I appreciate you. Uh, I do have one more question before I let you go. Uh, I want sure. to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Who get a PR guy. Uh, literally like I, I can't I can't stress that enough I, I think I think finding somebody who is hungry driven and and passionate about getting you in front of the people that are capable of putting you on and getting you out to larger larger audiences is important um, all that that's on a professional side uh, don't ever give up don't do it. I don't care how low life gets. I don't care how hard things get. If playing in a band, playing music, writing music, producing it, if that's your thing, if that's what makes you tick and winds your clock, don't stop. I don't care if you're 55, you want to put out a record, you know, like Blink-182 style talking about dicks and farts and shit. I'm like, do it, dude. Who cares? Like, if it makes you happy, just do that. So that's my advice. <laughs>